All right, welcome to Career View Mirror. I'm your host, Joelle Crawford, and today we have Nikita Brown, who is a social media strategist, and she is the founder and content curator of Travel Agent Collective, which is a space where travel agents get access to content and strategies to grow their client list with social media. She's also the founder of Bramptonist, a local publication and platform that she bootstrapped and grew to over 1 million digital subscribers per month. Per month, not per year, not per, you know, six months, per month, a million per month. She's amazing. She's got inspiring tips and tricks that are pandemic appropriate because she's galvanizing a community of professionals who are embracing learning how to expand their businesses so they can be ready post-pandemic. Welcome, Nikita Brown. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> I'm excited to have you here. So tell me, how did you get involved with social media strategy? Like, how did you get involved in that? It's funny because people ask me that and I'm always like, well, it kind of just happened. Um, when I was in university, that was when Facebook started making its way in as a thing and Instagram became a thing. So my university career was based a little bit on social media. And then, of course, once I finished school and went into my full-time work, it was like you had to hit the ground running and figure out this whole social media thing and how to use it. Uh, to really grow, not just the, the business that I was working for, the, the nonprofit that I was working for, but also grow my fledgling media company that three months into having a full-time job and three months worth of ex work experience, I decided that I was going to launch. So social media has always been um, a part of everything that I've done, but very much uh, doing it from a grassroots standpoint and learning what would work trying and testing the things that would work, keeping those things, and throwing away the things that wouldn't work. It was a strategy and a process that was refined over time. Um, and that's really what social media is all about. It's it's not a unilateral thing that, that works the same for everyone. I think we all kind of have to go mm -hmm. through a little bit of a journey where we figure out what works for us and our audience and what doesn't work. Wow, that is amazing. So you just had this idea to just go ahead and just do it. Just go for it. Yes. And you know what? It, it kind of came from just seeing a need in my community. I've seen a lot of local businesses just close their doors. I grew up in a suburb outside of Toronto and, um, you know, just like any other suburb, people commute, they go to and from, and they kind of miss all the things in between. And I saw that local businesses were suffering as a result of that, mostly because they weren't online. They didn't quite know how to market and get the word out without, you know, other than like maybe lawn signs and things like that. Yeah. So I thought to myself, if I launch this publication, I'll be able to tell more people about the great taco shop down the street or this awesome place that just closed, you know, my favorite restaurant that just closed, not because they aren't great, but just because they didn't quite know how to get the word out and market online. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I just kind of started it. Probably had no business starting a media publication when I started it. Like I said, I had a three, by the time I launched, I maybe had like five months worth of actual business experience or actual work experience, you know, to, to like hang my hat on, that was about it. It really was just seeing an idea that I thought, okay, I can write, I know how to take photos, I know how to do this thing and we're gonna just try. And I kind of chalked that up a little bit to, you know, like that white bread-eyed bushy tail. When you're in your early twenties, you're like, anything's possible, you know, we can do it all. And, and so 
I'm grateful for young Nikita because sometimes I have to remind myself like, okay, we need to remember what young Nikita was like. She just did the thing and she didn't care, you know, that like she didn't have the credentials on paper to be doing it. Just made it happen. We just made it happen, learned as we went and just hustled and really it was very, very scrappy, very, very grassroots, but um, it happened. It worked. And did you go to school for this? I mean, you said you were kind of three months of work experience total. Like yeah. what did you, did you yeah. go to classes for any of this? So I studied communication. So I did have a writing background and I did take some journalism classes. It was not my plan. I graduated school with a plan to work in public relations or some sort of communications role. So my first job was as a communications assistant for a nonprofit. And so I was doing marketing and all sorts of stuff for them. And so I kind of had to go back, you know, back a little, a little, put the journalism hat on. I knew I had the soft skills to make it happen. And I just, I don't know. Again, you know, when you're in your twenties and you think everything's possible, you're a little bit more open to just jumping with a leap of faith that things are going to work out. And I taught myself as I went along, we learned Google analytics. We learned more about social media because of course this is back in like 2014. So Facebook wasn't new, but Instagram was still kind of new. Businesses were still figuring out a little bit how to use it. So for me, I had to kind of teach myself as I went, had some of the foundations, but really and truly so much of what I learned was just by doing it, by taking the initiative and, you know, running off of what I had learned in school and learned, uh, you know, in theory and then putting it into practice and, and, you know, troubleshooting as I went and figuring out what was working, what wasn't working and doubling down on the things that were. You know, and I think that's amazing that you, it, in, and what I, I coach my clients to talking about all the time is about transferable skills, you know, leveraging the experiences that you do have and not just looking at it and going, oh, I can't really do this. Um, I've never done this before, but really asking yourself, well, when have I done this? You know, there are certain elements that you could pull from and leverage to where you were able to launch this publication. Now, did it cost money to launch the publication? I mean, I'm sure it did. How did you, I mean, you just didn't roll up and just <laughs> think something out there. I mean, how did you get paid to do this type of thing? You know, I kind of did roll up and did it at first. Thankfully, it's an online business. So the, you know, the barrier for entry, the cost for entry was low. I needed a domain. I kind of just taught myself to make a website because I was like, I don't have any money to pay somebody right now. So we're just going to learn how to build a WordPress website, just kind of figure things out. And so getting started was cheap. The time, of course, that was where the real cost was. So there was a lot of sweat equity up front. And there was a lot of hesitation from me too to start monetizing my, my publication. It took me a little while to get there. So it wasn't just like overnight success. We're making all the dollar bills now. It did yes. take some time to build the platform and then actually monetize it and start making money. And so, you know, there was quite a bit of sweat equity that went into that in the beginning to make it work. And how long did, would you say, because I know a lot of our listeners and viewers are probably like, well, how long did it take Nikita? Like, you know, I, I, I want to be, you know, I want to be reaching a million subscribers in like two days, you know? So what, what is the realistic time frame for our viewers and listeners to, to understand about how long it takes to build this up? Right. So it took me about a year and a half to get to the point where I felt comfortable taking on um, advertisers because the viewership may have been there, but I just didn't, I didn't know if I was comfortable being able to manage. That was another thing I had to learn. Right. Mm -hmm. So it took me probably a little bit longer than, than it, than I probably could. I thought it probably could have done it sooner, but I think it's important to remember that it's just not 
I think we think social media and marketing and digital marketing happens overnight, but so much of it is slow growth, building little by little, taking those steps. And if you look at my publication from when it first started to when it, you know, the numbers, it was just like a slow ladder, step by step by step. It really wasn't overnight. I, I wish, I wish. Um, I remember the first month I launched, it was like, I think I had like 5,000 people read and I was like, I've made it, you know, oh, you know, I'm doing so good. And that was mostly my mom and my friends. So the next <laughs> month after it was launched, we went right back down to like square one and I had to start building up again. So the hype was there. My friends and family were excited for me. And then it was like, they had other things. They couldn't just sit around reading my publication. I had to go find other people to read it. But it's like really and truly it's step-by-step, step, little by little, inch by inch. That's how you see progress. And that's what I teach, you know, the, um, the travel advisors that I that I coach today, it is very much a grassroots process. Unless you've got a lot of marketing dollars to throw behind social media to really make things up, kick things up. But most of us kind of start small and build it up. And we were rely on that organic growth and that does take time. And how much would it cost? I mean, how much does it cost to take to put your, your um, how much business development dollars or marketing dollars do you need to put forth to get a really good social media strategy going. Right. So in, it really depends on if you're going to DIY or if you're going to hire somebody out to do it for you. I DIY because I was like, we have no money. We have zero marketing dollars. So we're going to DIY ourselves. Of course I had the skills, but to, on average to hire a social media manager, you're looking at a thousand to $1,500 a month. Mm -hmm. um, and you might be able to find some people cheaper here and there. Mm -hmm. um, if you're looking to grow an audience quickly by running social media ads, that does take a little bit of time too, and, and some money. It's about a dollar per like on Facebook and Instagram. So if you do the math on that, yeah. So it really does kind of, that's why the organic is really, really important. Um, and I realized that very quickly too, because I had zero marketing dollars. I was like, okay, what kind of content can we create that's going to get organic reach? And that was how I was able to get to a million, was creating content that people wanted to share. And that really is coming down to how, you know, how to really leverage social media, to figure out what your audience wants, what people want to hear from you, and then give that to them again and again and again, in the way yeah. that you're going to want to receive it, but also share it with others. That yeah. was really what it came down to, was creating shareable content, as I like to call it. All right. So as you, you pick about, you think about the shareable content, you've got to think about your audience. Um, is it important for you to just kind of cast a wide net or do you, you know, like I've heard from some social media strategists that you need to create a, um, a, a person, an archetype of your, of your client. Is that part of the process or, or do you just kind of throw it out there like spaghetti method and see what sticks? Right. I highly recommend niching down. It makes it so much easier for you to speak directly to the people you want, because when you're trying to cast that wide net, you know, you're kind of trying to speak to everybody, which probably means you're not quite resonating with anybody because it's, it's impossible to resonate with all people at all times. So you really have to figure out what is my niche? Who am I? Who am I trying to reach? And really dig a little bit deeper to understand who you're trying to reach, because that's going to impact 
what social media channels you're showing up on for one. Number two, what type of content you're creating. Maybe you're finding that you're, that when you do a little bit of dig deep, a little bit of a, a deeper dive, you'll see that your audience likes video content over written content. And so there are so many ways to, to go about it. But the important thing is really to immerse yourself and understand exactly who that ideal client is. So in my current business, it's all about travel advisors. And I don't really engage with, not that I don't love the internet and love other people, but I don't really engage with or spend my time and my effort engaging with anybody else. I've been laser focused on who I'm trying to reach and who I really and truly want to serve. And that has worked tremendously well for me um, in businesses and with Bramptonist as well, because Bramptonist had a, it was a bit of a different um, way of categorizing my ideal client it was more on location versus uh, profession, but it same thing goes, right? Um, it was a suburb of Toronto, but I wasn't really trying to talk to Toronto people. I would very clearly speak to the people in that suburb who, you know, have to, there's nuances to speaking right. to those people versus others. So you really have to do a little bit of a, a, a deeper dive and figure out who you're trying to talk to and then speak directly to them. Like literally call them out. There are times where I say, hey, travel agents, because I just want, if you're not a travel agent, you can keep scrolling. I love you, but you got to keep scrolling. Wow. Keep not, I want you to stop. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Thanks, Nikita, for sharing it, because I think a lot of times, um, you know, there's this desire to be viral, you know, to like make sure that you're viral. So people are just slapping whatever they want out there and, and hoping it gets stuck. But it's really important to be intentional about what you're putting out there. Um, and what tips could you share about um, building your brand? Like, I, I know that we're trying to pandemic proof our businesses. And I know that you are, are really focused on your travel advisors. Um, but for overall, like any types of people who are looking to kind of see forward with that, what tips or, or techniques can you share with our audience? Right. I think the first one is that you really don't actually have to go viral to, to have a thriving business. I'm not what you would classify as viral, but I've been able to build a six-figure business in less than a year, in six months. I'm not viral by any means. But I've been very intentional and very, very, um, you know, careful about how I've gone about it. And the biggest thing is just providing value. And that's hard for some people to hear because they're like, wait, I have to work for free. But you really do want to figure out some ways to offer value and build trust with your followers. With if you, Let's assume that you are going at it from a social media standpoint and a digital standpoint. You know, digital businesses are big these days. Um, really looking at ways to offer value to your ideal client and being prepared, having some sort of plan of how you're going to bring them into like your, your sales funnel. Mm -hmm. Once they have gotten to know you a little bit, you've offered some value, what's the next step? And I guess for me, it wasn't always 100% clear. That has evolved over the past year as I've seen not only what my ideal client needs, but also we're in a pandemic. So it's kind of like, all bets are off and things are a little bit crazy. So really approaching it with uh, the intent of offering value first and then nurturing that person into a client. Um, we know that people don't like to buy from strangers. And if you're a service-based business or a product-based business, the best thing you can do for yourself is build a following, even if it's small. I don't have millions of followers. I have, you know, a decent email list. I have, you know, a few thousand Instagram followers and Facebook followers in a Facebook group. 
but really and truly I'm not considered viral, but I've been intentional about offering value to my followers and to my audience and nurturing them, really getting to know them. I know many of them by name. They know me. They feel like they genuinely know me. And that's really when they're going to be willing to invest in your business and really an interest in working with you. Thank you for that advice. So there's tons of platforms out there. There's tons of platforms. So which one do you pick? Do you pick one that where you've got the best engagement? Do you just kind of, you know, we were talking about earlier before the interview, how I utilized an app so that I can kind of just spread the wealth because I just can't be on every, you know, social media platform at the same time. What do you suggest? How do you pick your poison? Like, what, how do you identify that? Well, I will tell you that there is no one answer because this is where going back to knowing your ideal client really does kind of help you to whittle out, okay, and they're not really on Instagram, then I don't need to be there. Or they're spending more time on Instagram and not really on Facebook. So you do kind of have to figure out demographics wise, what does your ideal client look like? So you can make an informed decision about where you should be showing up. I'm always torn with this because while I have quite a bit of a following on Facebook in my Facebook group, I generally just love to be on Instagram way more, but I have a smaller following there. So I have to kind of balance what I really like to do, which is be in Instagram stories and have fun versus serving my audience as well. So it can be, it can get complicated and there's no, that's why there's no one answer because you really have to do what's right for your audience and maybe be willing to test a little bit, be comfortable a little bit with not quite knowing the answer Mm -hmm. and testing it out to see what will work because the data will tell you this is where people are. This is where they're engaging. Um, Sometimes we fall into the trap of like, I'll just Google it and see what Google says, but you're really only getting someone else's solution to the problem um, and what's worked for them, but may not necessarily work for you. So I would say give it like a a solid month of trying to show up in some different areas and seeing what people respond to. So for example, um, a lot of people really like my Instagram stories mm-hmm. and I'm seeing more of my audience shift to Instagram stories versus my feed. So things kind of evolve and you've got to just do some, do a little bit of the legwork in the beginning to see what works for your followers, your ideal client and your audience. So it means, thank you for that. And so that means that you're going to have to do your own personal market research but a month isn't too bad. It's not too painful to do that no. and check. I found personally that when I'm on Instagram, I every time I put a, my face in the picture, like engagement goes straight up. And I'm like, my little round head on a, for some reason, people want my face in, in the post. If I don't have a, my face in the post or a headshot in the post, it's like Dullsville. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah, and I've, I've also found that too. And, and on Facebook, for example, live videos for me do really well versus feed posts that are pictures and, and text. So mm-hmm. you kind of do have to, you know, give it 30 days yeah. to just test it out and see what works and then make your informed decision from there. That's amazing. So, I mean, have you, okay. So it's very evident that, um, that you've come a kind of come up bootstrapped yourself Um, you know, uh, if you're listening, she is not, um, a seasoned professional, as we like to say, trying to be very, um, gentle with some folks, but you are new on the scene. How do you deal with the challenges? Have you dealt with any, any conflicts about, um, your, your, um, age or any types of challenges, um, being a, a diverse person, you know? So, I mean, like we're in a, 
a male, well, it's 50-50, but you know, you're Canada, I don't even know what the split is. But <laughs> I mean, have you had any challenges at all? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. So I, when I first launched my media company, I was 25. Wow. So it was really, really strange for me to go into rooms and be like, hey, so can I have your marketing dollars when I was 25, which, you know, that's a decent age, but I feel like people always thought I was younger. And while I was working in uh, growing my media company, I took on a couple of full-time jobs. I was working as a communications assistant, and then I was working as a communications manager for a business uh, association. And so there were lots of people there who were quite a bit more seasoned than I was, mm -hmm. a little bit more male-dominated, and it was difficult at times. I had to get myself a salesperson uh, and someone who was older than me and a male mm -hmm. <laughs> you know it was it was hard but I found that when I went into rooms to sit with people to say hey you know we'd like your marketing dollars your ad dollars for this this and this it it was hard for them because yeah. I just I think I have a young looking face too so people yeah. thought I was younger than I actually was um I'm over here like okay well I'm 30 but whatever you know yeah. um that's not that young but it he was more effective in closing sales people just I guess took him, you know, it's hard to say. And it it's it's frustrating to have to say it in 2020 or in 2019 when it was happening or 2018. Um, but he did close more sales than me. People took him more serious than they did me, even though I was the business owner and I was his boss. So you kind of, you know, it's it's unfortunate. You roll with the punches a little bit and you do what works. So he was able to close lots of business and I was fine with that, but it's a little bit strange. So you've got to find a business beard. If you're finding out, I love that. She found a business beard. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Someone and who was able to sit in front of the folks and make the help make those decisions and make it happen. You got the money. <laughs> Exactly. So that worked as a good strategy for me too. I mean, in this industry as well, in the travel industry, I do have quite a few travel agents that I coach who've been in the industry for decades. I love that it's a very collaborative industry, thankfully. So I haven't really had any issues there, but there will always be people who might try to tell you that you don't have the right credentials. I say that with air quotations because I never had the right credentials to start any of my businesses or credentials to start any of my businesses. I, on paper, I probably had the skills, yes, but somebody could easily say, well, Nikita, you never started a media company, so you probably shouldn't do that. Or you have, you know, you've only been in the travel industry for X many years, so you shouldn't be coaching people who are, have been in it longer than you. And there will be people who will try to tell you that, but follow your instincts, do what you, you know, really live in your own truth. And if you're giving value, if what you see with what you're giving, you're seeing is working and helping other people, then you kind of like, just let it roll off your, roll off your shoulders a little bit and just kind of keep going. And it sounds like there, I mean, you know, from business owner to business owner, it, there are rough days, like, you know, where are the money's not coming in? And, and of course, you know, 2020, we've seen a lot of different um, you know, fellow colleagues of mine whose businesses have taken a downturn. What advice can you give to folks out there who are really kind of feeling a bit um, low at this point um, and how they can kind of pick themselves up at this point in time? Right. The year, this year, the theme for me has been just focus on the things I can control. It's so hard, especially in the travel industry, which has been one of the hardest hit. You can't control when people want to travel or what the reg government regulators are doing or airlines. There's so many things you can't control. So my, my mantra and my message to travel advisors, but anybody 
out there who is struggling is to focus on what you can, you know, what you can do right now. And if your business is online, then focus on showing up consistently on social media, focusing on offering value, focusing on testing it out right now to see what's working. I feel like this year has been very forgiving to all of us. We can all just chalk up our bad decisions to COVID. So this is the year to try out things, test them out, see what's working for you. You have a business idea or a hunch or something you're really kind of feeling like, Ooh, I think I'm onto something now might be the time to invest a little bit of effort into making it happen. I know this year has been the year of staying at home for me. So I, I feel like I have had a little bit more extra time to, to do other things. So this is the year to, to jump on that hunch or that feeling, or at least investigate it to see if there might be something there. Listen to your soul, follow your instincts. Do this is the time, you know, like you said, control the controllables. Any advice that you would give to little Nikita Brown, like when you were, you know, this is my, my quintessential question to wrap things up, but what, what advice would you give to little Nikita about just any career advice or leadership advice for her? I would say to little Nikita, who kind of thought she had to have it all figured out at 18, crazy that people think that we have to have it figured out yeah. or that we should, um, that it's going to be okay. It's okay to not. Um, you know, have it all, all the answers. I went to school for a year at one university and switched, you know, so I went to school for five years. And then of course I left where I left, um, school went into a job. And like I said, three months in decided to, to launch. So I, I think the thing that I would tell little Nikita is that it's going to be okay. And then just keep, be okay with living in that like messy, messy gray area where you're like, I don't quite know if this is going to work. Um, I'm happy that I, you know, listened to to that and really just, even though there was a pit in my stomach at times and I was, didn't know if you, how everything would work out, but I still kind of followed, I followed through with those hunches that I had. Um, but yeah, I would just tell her it's going to be okay. You don't have to have it all figured out. You can go to whichever university because in the end, it's not going to make a difference because you're going to teach yourself so much of the stuff you need to learn anyway. You're going to figure out ways to, to learn and grow. So that would be my message to her going to be okay and you will figure it out listen to your instincts Nikita Brown social media strategist and diva I'm going to put that in your title thank you so much how do we find you you can find me over on Instagram and Facebook travel agent collective that's where I spend most of my time these days you will definitely catch me in Instagram stories and in my feed making a, a few reels here and there but if you'd like to connect that would be the best way excellent Thank you so much for being here on Career View Mirror. And everyone, don't forget to watch. We are on YouTube and you can see us whenever you wanna, want to, 24-7. But we will see you next time. Thanks for watching and listening and have a good day. Be well.